Hi everyone, welcome to another issue of the Ship It Show. I'm here with uh, Daniela from uh, WeConnect, CEO Hi. and co-founder of WeConnect. Uh, today we're going to be talking about, about uh, managing team culture across different locations. I think you have a pretty distributed team. How many locations? We do. So we're in five different states um, wow. and we're about 30 people. Um, so yeah, we're definitely distributed across yeah, uh, different time zones. That's huge. <laughs> How many different time zones? Um, right now, it's actually three different time zones. Oh, so. wow. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about a little bit about how you manage the culture. I think you had some great, uh, great ideas around cultural development. So uh, just real quick, explain to the viewers uh, a little bit about WeConnect and uh, what you do. Sure. Um, so WeConnect Recovery is a relapse prevention and real-time outcomes data platform for people in recovery from drug and alcohol addiction. Um, and uh, really that was born out of my own personal experience with getting into recovery from drug and alcohol addiction almost four years ago. And I just saw a huge problem with both helping the person stay in recovery and then also getting meaningful data out of the outcomes uh, from these treatment programs so we can actually improve on the quality of treatment that we're giving people across the nation. So you have uh, these five locations, three different time zones. How do you, I mean, you're a young company, you know, mm -hmm. every young company establishing culture is hard and it ebbs and flows, but what are some of the things you do with a very distributed team, like how do you manage that? Yeah, so we've done a couple things and I have, I think you have to hit things at sort of three levels. There's like conceptual and larger concepts um, around culture that you can share, but none of those are actually going to take effect unless you do practical things every day, action steps every single day to implement that culture. Right. And then you also have to take your hands off as a leader and let it grow like it's its own entity and they're growing and getting fed and nurtured by everybody at the company so um, the way that i approached it is first and foremost one of my mentors sent me a book uh, that i felt was going to be our foundation that's five dysfunctions of a team i love that book yes very narrow style <laughs> i loved it too and it's a quick read and it's effective and it's meaningful and so that was the first book and then I read his follow-up book, The Advantage. Um, and then the third book that we really based our company culture on is actually The Power of Vulnerability by Brene Brown. Nice. And so that conceptually every single employee that comes on board, they get those books, um, you know, they get encouraged to read and ingest that material. But then there's a couple small action steps that we take on a daily basis that now that then has allowed the company to really uh, foster and grow this company culture and have people create real relationships and trust when they're not in the same location. So uh, one of those things is we really encourage everyone if they're on video uh, that they actually show their video and they yeah, don't shut huge. it off. It's a massive impact. And, well. and really it took us lowering the burden of like, hey, we don't care if like your kids are running around in the background or like your dog is there or <laughs> whatever, you know, whatever. yeah, whatever. Um, it's more important that everybody is on video than anything else. So, yeah. so that's one. And then two, and I would say this is the biggest one that we practice at our company is uh, when we start a meeting, uh, we all share how we're feeling emotionally, mentally, physically, oh, and then if good. they want to share spiritually. I was super nervous about implementing this because we also have a huge variety in culture backgrounds at our company, but I was surprised that some of the people that uh, were the most reserved actually have really opened up. Um, and what it does, it does two things. You know, if I'm in a meeting and I feel like someone might be upset or in a bad mood, um, it's better for me to know it's because their kid is sick at home right. than thinking like I didn't do my spreadsheet correctly or something like that. And so it allows everybody to be more productive, to understand each other, and that like power vulnerability allows people to build trust and a relationship 
um, that you know the, the barriers of geography are sort of broken down. That's so. huge. So what? So you have video communication. What are some of the other team communication tools that you use to? Manage yeah. So that? so Slack is really big, right. um, and then video communication, and then we do sort of three key. Uh, meetings at the company that also bridge this. One is our biweekly appreciation meeting. So I pick one person and everyone goes around and shares uh, what they really appreciate about that person. Nice. Um, second, we have an all company meeting where we all share updates. And then the executive team, uh, that's uh, biweekly, bi but the executive team once a week also shares everything that's going on across each department. And I really encourage my executives to talk to each other. Um, without me having to be there. And then um, the third one, which we're just kicking off, which I'm really excited about, which my chairman of the board encouraged. He's an incredible human being. And um, it's called the What We Did Right Lunch. So <laughs> oftentimes, you usually huddle around because there's a problem or something's, uh, you know, you have to solve something. So we're now huddling once a month and talking about what did we actually also do right in the last month? That's great. Because oftentimes, like, that doesn't get the proper attention that it should. So. And how, uh, so when you have your communication mechanisms, are you, you mentioned Slack, you mentioned the video communication, I'm assuming you also have email and yeah. probably phone. We, we do have email, but I would say like email is dwindling. Oh, really? I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I mean, and I'm, you know, I'm more on the business side, but I would say at least on the, on the tech team, uh, email is very infrequently used. And I feel like, too, on the sales team, it's more of calling, texting environment. I'm very big on email, and I'm very attached to it. But um, I'm morphing my own behaviors so that to ensure, you know, across all the teams, everyone's communicating. But I would say email is the least used one across the company. It's crazy. Isn't it? And <laughs> it then is. how do you do? Uh, how do you share knowledge? So I think knowledge sharing is a huge mm -hmm. thing for distributed teams, especially with, you know, it, there's a big trend now towards whiteboarding mm -hmm. sessions and you know brains very unstructured meeting yeah. and very interactive meeting uh, formats where people are kind of ideating or creating mm -hmm. ideas in the meetings how do you manage those style of meetings in a distributed so environment? yeah it's been particularly important for our company become because we are in a very niche in environment or very niche uh, industry and especially since not obviously not everybody in our at our company is in recovery so it's a very unique industry and uh, our head of marketing and his data scientist build a we connect wiki uh, which is both uh, just industry knowledge around uh, the actual topic that we're addressing, which is substance abuse disorders. But also, um, we have a, a pretty vast handbook of Google documents in terms of like operational stuff and processes and historical data that we might need to access. So we use Team Dr Google Team Drive for nice. that. Um, but I would say our onboarding process that our compliance and privacy officer and our ops manager built, um, I was very mindful of them creating a proper process that was, uh, you know, across all the teams the same when somebody is new and coming on board and like how they talk to each team lead and making sure that they get the time to get to know the company. Right. They have proper ramp up time. Not just here's the job, go, 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 yes. go, which is so tempting in a startup world because you've totally. been waiting for that person to arrive. Yes. It's like, I have these things that are three weeks late, you know, because yeah. for whatever reason they couldn't start when they didn't. It's like, 
okay, we need True. to pause, give them another two weeks to do it. It's, yes. so, it's and, so hard to manage. And two, after that onboarding two, three weeks, I ask them for immediate feedback. Like, what did we miss in your onboarding? Because it's fresh in their mind. So one of the biggest things, which I feel like should have been obvious to me, but the last person we brought on, he was like, well, I want to know like the exact history of the company. Like what has happened in the last right. two, three years? So I have that session now with every um, new employee. Um, and so we have a document that kind of outlines how we onboard everybody. That's really knowledge sharing. But I think it's also about both company culture and knowledge sharing. It's really about creating an environment where there's um, there's a lack of fear and safety is encouraged. Because if people feel safe and they don't feel afraid, they're gonna right. go get the knowledge that they need and they're gonna feel comfortable asking questions. So. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you. It's been great talking with you. I hope you enjoyed being on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you very <laughs> much. Take care.